Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Let me put it to you directly. What do you say to the charge that if you are a climate change campaigner, but you also travel around the world on a private jet, you're a hypocrite? Well, I, I by the gold standard of funding Climeworks to do direct air capture that far exceeds my family's carbon footprint. And I spend billions of dollars on, on climate innovation. So, you know, should I stay at home and not come to Kenya and learn about farming and malaria? I'm comfortable with the idea that not only am I not part of the problem by paying for the offsets, but I also through the billions that my Breakthrough Energy Group is spending that I'm part of the solution. Boy, I will tell you what, that is one hell of a take, Bill Gates. Yeah, sure, I take private jets, but because I spend money to clear my conscience regarding the environment, I'm good. You see, when you have money, then you're good. But when you don't have money, you're bad because you don't have money to make yourself good. That is a take. But it's based on what I think is actually a rather false premise. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, good to be with you. I'm down here in Texas. I'm here for a a cigar event. I'll get into it. And so if if I sound like like I'm quiet, it's just... How everything has worked out today and, and where I've had to do the show, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not in my normal environs to be as, you know, animated as, as, as I usually am. But this clip from, from, from Gates, you know, the whole hypocrite question, you take private planes, such a hypocrite. Let's start with, with a baseline. It's not hypocritical to take a private plane. It's not hypocritical to go from place A to place B private. If I could do it, I would do it. I have only flown private once. All right, admittedly, I did come down first class on uh, to, to, to Texas. You guys, this is how I roll. This is, I don't have cable. I fly first class. We all make our our uh, what are, our trade-offs, our trade-offs, and then that one that one's mine. That one's mine right there. It's not hypocritical because I could argue that it's a conversation about safety. It is a conversation about safety. Bill Gates is a rather public figure. And Bill Gates, being in in a place where people could be angry with him for all sorts of reasons. Remember, we've seen, we see what happens on planes when people say, hey, you got to wear your mask. Well, you don't have to wear masks anymore. But when that was going on, when people, people lose their minds on planes, let me tell you, my flight down, not a single problem. It was joyous. It was joyous. A perfect flight. Boom, boom. Very well done. United this time. I don't often take United, but they handled it with a plum. You can see that there are reasons for somebody like Bill Gates to fly, to fly privately. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. It's not hypocritical for him to fly privately. It certainly is disgusting for him to say, you're a bad person for not doing X, Y, and Z like I told you to do about the environment. That's not hypocritical. It's disgusting. There's a difference 
And I think that difference matters greatly. Now, if he was somebody who was truly committed to the cause, well, then he would fly commercial. That can be said that, yes, there's a reason for you to fly private. These uh, answers that you give, call them excuses or whatever it is, there's, there's a reason. I don't think it's wrong at all. But if you were really committed, you would go commercial is an absolutely acceptable answer. I am often in all of these, these climate conversations, I'm reminded of Ed Begley Jr. You may not be old enough to remember who Ed Begley Jr. is. Uh, you, you, you may know who exactly who I'm talking about. He's an actor. Um, and uh, he, was, he was insane elsewhere. Right, it was St. Elsewhere, wasn't it? Do I have to look that up? Ed Begley, St. Else, yeah, it was St. Elsewhere. Uh, Ed Begley Jr. also uh, did a, a, a some of the the movies uh, with uh, Michael McKean and Christopher Guest. Was he in Best in Show or was he in A Mighty Wind? I think he might have been in A Mighty Wind. Uh, fantastic. Um, Ed Begley Jr. was the first actor who I, I ever saw who was also an activist. And he was an activist for this idea uh, about climate. And Ed Begley Jr. not only talked the talk, he walked the walk, at least from what I know and at least from what I saw, that he, he, he was a guy who wasn't going to, to try and engage in, in polluting and he wasn't going to do this and he wasn't going to do that. He was going to change the way he lived and change the way he did things. And I, I don't know, I may, maybe you think he's a nut. Maybe I think he's a nut. The point is, he saw the world and said, I don't think this should happen. I think that should happen here. I'm going to do it. He actually did it. Now, you could send me a million articles where he didn't do it, and I'll be like, oh, I'm disappointed. Because I really thought he did it. Even if I disagreed with him, he saw, he, he thought enough of it, as, as I know it, to say I'm going to change the way I live. Now, Bill Gates is not that guy. Bill Gates is not that guy. He isn't changing a thing about the way he, he lives. And, and you can say about that, that's hypocritical. You want all of us to change this and change that and change the other and change how we eat and change how we heat our homes or, or Lord only knows what else you may actually want from us. And then you just give this reporter an answer here that simply states, because I have so much money and because I spend so much money, I'm not part of the problem, I'm part of the solution. Because I have dollars in the bank, I'm a good person. See, that's not hypocritical, that's just disgusting. It is fine that he flies private. What is not fine is that he lectures to the rest of us and thinks that he, because of the dollars, can tell us how to live. I am never opposed, never, 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 I am never opposed to someone making a living. I am never opposed to someone accumulating wealth. One of the most disgusting things Joe Biden said uh, in, in the State of the Union, and it, it was disgusting, and, and I'm telling you, every single time something like that comes up, I, I cringe like nothing else. He discusses the idea that uh, oil companies uh, made $200 billion in profits and he finds that excessive. So the question, of course, is how much would be okay? 
It's not that it's a lot. It's the idea that he thinks he can say that's too much. The idea that an American president, that an American would say that's too much. Well, now you think that your value system, your value system is more important, more moral, more decent than theirs. Why is that? That's irrational. Now, you could say to me, Tony, you think government spends too much? Yes, they're spending too much of my money. I have a say in what they do with my money, don't I? They spend on things, my money on things, that I don't think should be spent on. When I spend my money, it's my damn business. And when you spend your money, It's your damn business. And yes, when Bill Gates spends his money, guess what? It's his damn business. But when he thinks he should be able to tell me how I should spend my money, that's a real problem. And when Joe Biden or the president or well, anybody in government says, you're bringing in too much money, you're making too much money, that's a real problem. Morality is me having a say in how my money is spent. Immorality is thinking you should have a say in how my money is spent. I always thought that was a pretty rational point of view, but it's not hypocritical for Bill Gates to take a private plane. And I think that when you, when you go about that, that, that line of, of conversation, the, the immediate wall goes up of, oh, <laughs> I need, it's safety and, and this and that. Look at all... The correct response would be, well, look, he takes a private plane. I mean, if he really cared, he'd go commercial, but whatever. If he really cared, if it really mattered to him, if he really thought the environment was in danger, if, if he this, if he that, if he the other, calling someone a hypocrite or calling something hypocritical is, is, um, Low-hanging fruit, in, in, in my view, and it really does get overused. Oh, my gosh. The terminology gets used so damn often. It's so boring. But saying out loud, if he really cared, he'd go commercial. But it's obvious he doesn't. Oh, well. It also allows you to really recognize what it is he's saying. So uh, I, I should also uh, point out um, that these do-gooders like Bill Gates they they really think they should be able to tell you what to do. They absolutely believe, as all elitists do, that they are somehow tapped with secret knowledge. They know better. They know from on high. And they know what you should do. And you should do X and you should do Y. As a matter of fact, we should force you to do X and to do Y. And then you'll thank us. I, I, I'm going to thank him uh, for... Uh, for Microsoft. I'm, I'm going to thank him for the operating system. I'm going to thank him for opening up uh, to the world uh, the concept of personal computing. Right? That's what I'm going to thank him for. Oh, I know he stole the stuff. Can we please not? Can we, one thing at a time, people. That's all I can ask for. One thing <laughs> at a time. Find everything tonycats.locals.com. tonycats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz today. Jerome Powell can tell me that everything's going to be fine from now until the end of time. Why is it that I don't believe him? I don't believe the chairman of the Federal Reserve. I don't 
believe him. And, and I've heard what it is he's had to say. And he expects 2023 to be a year of decline in inflation. But okay, so you need to get the 2% and your goal to get there is by what period of time? Would you like to get there? Well, we say we say that we're using our tools to get there over time. If you look at our forecasts, we expect 2023 to be a year of significant declines in inflation. And it's actually our job to make sure that that's the case. But I would tell you that, uh, you know, with inflation headline headline uh, PCE inflation is running about five percent. This is on a 12 month basis. Core is running it at four point four. My guess is it will take certainly into not just this year, but next year to get down close to two percent. So we're all expected to see some good stuff happening in 2023 and 2024. That's when the landing will happen, 2% inflation, everything will be great. Zoom laid off 1,300 workers, which is 15% of its workforce. And now Disney is going to cut 7,000 jobs. And they're slashing $5.5 billion in costs. It's a vast restructuring. No, it's taking a look at the market, taking a look at what's coming and saying, we better get ready. Just like all those other tech companies are getting ready. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. This was uh, him on, uh, on Wednesday uh, Bob Iger, I should say him, is is Bob Iger. They're going to reorganize Disney into three segments. So there'll be Disney Entertainment, which is uh, the vast majority of streaming and media operations. There's going to be an ESPN division that includes the TV network and the ESPN Plus streaming service, and then a parks, experiences, and products unit. So three different units. Now, Maybe he took a look at what Bob Chapek did, who took over after Iger, and Chapek was probably not the right guy. It seems more and more that certainly he was the woke guy, but he wasn't the right guy. And since they got rid of him and they brought back Iger, he took a look at this at this hierarchy. And there was a lot of talk about how uh, Chapek had uh, structured the company, and people were like, "This is this is some bloat. This is this is not right. This is." This is way too much. And Iger came in and was like, yeah, we can we can trim lots of this brisket. There's a lot of fat to pull off this brisket right here. Not too much. No, no, no. You need a little flavor. Uh, but And then there are some people who will tell you this whole idea that the fat, you know, you need a giant fat cap on a brisket. When you smoke a, a, a brisket, right, most people do fat cap up. And the idea is that uh, as as you're smoking it, the, the fat's going to run through the meat. Um uh, Mixon, oh, what's his name? Oh, he's a barbecue legend. Is like, what kind of magic is this? I'm paraphrasing. It was really, it's fascinating. That's not the way it works. And you're smoking, you're smoking at a low temperature. What's, I mean, some things are melting up, but what really is just going through the meat? And his theory is you you put the fat cap on where the heat is coming through as maybe a way to protect the meat itself. And like, that's, okay, that's, that's interesting. It's got me now uh, doing briskets in all sorts of ways. I haven't even been able to really try it yet. But 2023 is going to be the year of brisket for Tony. Tony is going to crush it on brisket. It's going to be like every weekend. I'm trying everything under the sun. I'm trying different rubs. It's it's nuts. But back to Disney. You don't. They have a lot of places, clearly, that they can trim. 
They have a lot of places they can trim fat from. But also, my gosh, we're seeing what's coming. We're seeing what's already happening and it doesn't look good and we have to be ready for it. That's why Microsoft did their layoffs. Amazon did their layoffs. We've got layoffs, as I said, from Zoom. I think PayPal did did layoffs. I, I forget, I'm, I'm missing some. But I take all that in its totality and I say, man, that's not a good look in 2023. Why does Jerome Powell think it is? Now, I do not think that I actually know more than Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve. I don't believe that to be true. But I am a guy who is paying attention. And, and, and I do talk about these economic issues a lot. And I, and I admit I don't yet have a full grasp. It's one of the reasons I'm having the conversations. I'm trying to get better at understanding it. And I'm right now trying to figure out what I'm missing. Why? is Jerome Powell coming in so rosy? Now, one of the theories, and I think this is a theory of Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, I, I gotta ask him about it, is, is the idea that Republicans have the House, Republicans have the power of the purse, they will slow down the spending and that will allow him the time to bring down this inflation because of the raised interest rates and it will finally work to bring down inflation and everything will get better. Thank goodness for the Republicans being in charge. Remember, Democrats spend, Republicans spend slower. See, they got to stop spending altogether, or at least in great big swaths. That's a, that's a lot of, you know, hope there. And it also is, is predicated on the idea that the supply chain's going to get better. Now, some people will tell you that the semiconductor issue is solved. Not 100% sure, but I'm, I'm reading, I'm, I'm looking, I'm listening. But the supply chain is not solved. The things on the shelves still aren't there. The issues remain with getting goods. And by the way, the issue remains with hiring. I know they just hired 500,000 people in the month of January. I was stunned. But I can show you anecdotally, business after business after business on Midwest Main Street that cannot find people. I'm not talking about qualified, competent people. I'm talking about people. So I am flummoxed. I won't lie. I'm absolutely flummoxed by what's going on. And I've, I've already told you that one of the things that blows my mind, if you asked me if we're in a recession, I would have said yes six months ago, and I believe it today, that things are not okay. Yet I see people spending like it's going out of style. What is it that I'm missing I know a radio host is asking a question. I think I'm missing something. I don't think this economy is good. I think people are are gearing up for, for bad things in 2023. And all of these job cuts show me that. But the anecdotal, what I see in, in stores and people shopping, the conversations from Jerome Powell have me thinking the other way. I'm going to keep an eye on it like you are. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. social media platform here in Congress, they're weaponizing the use of this committee so that they can do it again. A whole hearing about a 24-hour hiccup in a right-wing political operation. That is why we are here right now. And it is 
it, it's just a, an abuse of public resources, an abuse of public time. We could be talking about health care. We could be talking about bringing down the cost of prescription drugs. We could be talking about abortion rights, civil rights, voting rights. But instead, we're talking about Hunter Biden's half-fake laptop story. I mean, this is an embarrassment. You have heard me say on every, every, every occasion that Representative Ocasio-Cortez is a child. You have heard me say on every occasion her policies are childlike. Every single time. And I'm not saying that she's a child. She's a grown woman. But her presentation is childlike. Her attitude is childlike. Petulant. It is uh, tantrum-esque. Every single time. But we've now hit a new low. Because if she believes what it is she is saying, outside of just the cravenly political then what she is saying is censorship is fine and you complaining about it is keeping us from addressing real issues like prescription drug prices. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, good to be with you down in Houston, Texas, the Woodlands actually, which is different than Houston as everybody has reminded me in the 12 hours that I've been here. Her argument is, we have more important things to do. The question for rational people, and asked by rational people, is what's more important than free speech and preventing censorship? What's more important than ensuring, if you want to be a person as she is, always talking about human rights, how many times has Representative Ocasio-Cortez told us about human rights? Oh, we're always fighting for human rights and abortion is a human right and healthcare is a human right and this and that and the other, the healthcare one. The healthcare one is always the best. I make this argument time and again. And I've had people try to tell me how wrong I am, but it hasn't been convincing. I'll listen to the convincing argument. If you tell me that healthcare is a right, if you say to me that it's a right the question then becomes, how is it not slavery? Healthcare doesn't fall off a tree. Healthcare doesn't just magically appear like so much fairy dust. Well, I just lost my voice right there. That was, that was, uh, man, that's, that's, that's not attractive at all, Tony. Like so much fairy dust. See, much better. Healthcare comes from somebody who is practiced, somebody who has trained, somebody who we decides we decide needs licensure in order to provide that health care. If you tell me health care is a right, how is that person now not beholden to you because their job is to provide you health care because health care is a right? How is it not slavery of the doctor, of the nurse, of the practitioner uh, writ large? How is it not slavery? I keep asking this question because I think the question is valid and no one has given me a reason to think that it's invalid. Healthcare has to be provided by somebody. If it is a right, can I ask what that somebody gets paid? Can I ask how that person gets compensated? Who decides the amount? If it's a right, why should you be compensated anything? It's someone else's right to have what came from your labors. And if they're entitled to your labors at no cost, again, I ask the question, a basic, simple, easy to ask question that I'm waiting for an answer for. How is that not slavery? 
But all these things are rights to Representative Ocasio-Cortez. A right to this and a right to that. And it's always under this guise of, of human rights. I, I, anytime you hear the term human rights, you can, you can rest assured. Rest assured, man, you're going to get hosed. And you're going to get hosed bad. But if you believe in all this, if you believe in all these human rights, the ability to speak freely isn't there. All of a sudden, the ability to speak freely the ability not to be censored, the, the freedom to share thoughts and ideas doesn't, doesn't exist. It's not a part of the equation or the conversation. That's, well, it's nuts, right? That is a surreal thought from a surreal person who hasn't thought it through. Again, childlike, because childlike thoughts are never well thought out. They are not thought through. They don't engage all the ramifications. When Representative Ocasio-Cortez talks about the Green New Deal. We need a Green New Deal. We need to save the environment. One of the things that they discuss is reducing the amount of carbon emissions to the amount technologically feasible. And if that's what you want, the question then becomes, how does the farmer get the food to your table? Because if we cut carbon emissions to the amount technologically feasible, we don't let tractors run. We go back to the mule or the oxen, and the plow. How does the farmer get the food to your table? You want to lower carbon emissions, okay. Let's talk about a percentage, let's talk about how, let's talk about what industries, let's talk about what the costs are, the benefits versus the risks versus the, the cost, which cost does matter, all of that. That's not what Representative Ocasio-Cortez wants. She wants to reduce carbon emissions because I think it's important. That's the act of a child. That's why I refer to her policies as childlike. That's why I refer to her positions as childlike. And here, once again, she is proving that is absolutely who she is. It was a hiccup? Twitter, at the behest of members of the federal government, stopped a story from a press outfit, the New York Post, that they had cold, guys, they had it from beginning to end. There's, there's no denying. Everybody knows it. It, took, it may have taken the New York Times two years and the Washington Post two years to admit it, but they know it. We all know it. The New York Post had the story. That laptop belongs to Hunter Biden, if only because Hunter Biden has admitted that it's his laptop. And here she is saying we should be talking about prescription drugs Instead, because she decided this doesn't matter how wrong she is and how ugly she is and how despicable she is and how low class she is, this is what matters. If we're going to discuss the very concepts of rights and where rights come from, rights don't come from man. Rights don't come from government. Rights come from nature and nature's law. Governments instituted amongst men to protect those rights. Our Constitution, dedicated to the idea that the people come first and the government should be restrained, as opposed to, for example, what former President Barack Obama wanted. A Constitution that said what government must do for you, as opposed to what we have, a Constitution that says what government cannot do to you. That's a fundamental difference. If we want to discuss like a real definition about ideology, there you go. There it is. As clear as day, Representative Ocasio-Cortez doesn't care about the First Amendment. 
because in her view, the First Amendment shouldn't exist for people who give her the sads. Why should somebody who spews hate be allowed to spew hate? Well, I don't know, but Representative Ilhan Omar, Representative Rashida Tlaib still do it. And you don't seem to complain. As a matter of fact, you get angry when she gets called to the carpet, Representative Omar, and gets removed from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Not kicked off all committees, just removed from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. And you scream and you yell and you call it an attack on women of color. You do you, Representative Ocasio-Cortez. But it ain't fact. The fact is, Representative Ilhan Omar has to live with the consequences of her actions. Who knows? Maybe in two years, she'll be back on that committee, or it'll be other committees, or maybe this will never be a committee for her again. And no, we don't need her experiences in order to have a House Foreign Affairs Committee. But stunning, shocking, from Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Except it's not. This is what happens when your ideology supplants your humanity. And this is what happens when everything you think is absolutely childlike. This was Senator Josh Hawley on Fox News. The thing that strikes me about that, I thought maybe she was auditioning to be the next chair of Joe Biden's disinformation board. (laughs) It's either that or she's been living in a cave for the last year. I mean, nobody says that it's disinformation anymore. I mean, even the most bald-faced liars like the Washington Post and the rest of the media now admit that actually, no, it's 100% real. As you pointed out, Hunter says... It's actually his laptop. So listen, AOC and the rest of the Democrat Party, they love big tech censorship. Jesse, they love it. And they are willing to lie about it and to lie about the facts in order to keep the big tech censorship regime in place. That's what today was all about. That's what it was all about. It was the House Oversight Committee. I think yesterday I said it was House Judiciary, and I apologize. It was the House Oversight Committee having those ex-Twitter employees in, and they're trying to defend themselves, and there's nothing to defend You engaged in censorship. You tried to stop people from speaking. And not only uh, people like the New York Post, (laughs) only, right? Not only the New York Post, you stopped doctors from talking about COVID because you didn't like that they were talking about things that you didn't want said. Only these doctors can be listened to, not those doctors over there. And you think for a second that doesn't fall under your your category? I mean, this is Representative Ocasio-Cortez's category of human rights, Silencing doctors? That somehow doesn't matter. You want to talk about prescription drug costs, but you don't want to listen to doctors talk about medicine? We all caught that, right? How weird and awkward that is. It was Representative Nancy Mace who, man, she's got a love-hate relationship going on with America because she'll, she'll come out with fire in some of these committees, and then she'll do something, you're like, oh man, that is so rhino-esque, and it drives people crazy, it drove people crazy, because she, she's not a fan of Trump, and all, and Trump tried to get her out of office, but she's one of the few people who won re-election, and, she, and Representative Mace, oh, going to town, going to town on the censorship. Another example of what Twitter has done to censor folks is uh, from Dr. Martin Koldorf, a Harvard-educated epidemiologist who once tweeted, COVID vaccines are important for high-risk people and their caretakers. Those with prior natural infection do not need it, nor children. The Twitter files reveal this tweet was deemed false information because it ran contrary to the CDC. So my first question this morning of Ms. Gaddy, may I ask of you, where did you go to medical school? Oh, that's just fantastic. Uh, Gotti, 
I believe her name is pronounced Vijaya Gadi, G-A-D-D-E. She was the former head of legal over at Twitter and was one of the people in these email chains, which we refer to as the Twitter files, um, saying, oh, we can censor this one. Okay, it could fall under this rule, which means we don't have to allow it. She was the one who was allowing this censorship to happen. And Mace's question is just incredible. I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry. I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing... You guys censored Harvard-educated doctors, Stanford-educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world, and you silenced those voices. That's exactly what happened. And they censored journalists, as we know from the New York Post story about Hunter Biden's laptop. And it's Representative Ocasio-Cortez who thinks that this is all just fake news. A fake news story, a 24-hour hiccup from Twitter, and all that. It wasn't a 24-hour hiccup. They not only prevented the New York Post from sharing the story, they prevented you and me from sharing the story with each other. Listen to how much they value censorship when it's theirs. You want the dictionary definition of fascism? It's government working with corporations to do exactly this. Impose itself and their will on the people to turn citizens into subjects. That's exactly what Twitter was doing at the behest of of the federal government, because as you heard Mace just say, Representative Mace just say, it was running contrary to the CDC. So what's wrong with a doctor running contrary to the CDC? Absolutely nothing, because this is what doctors do. Oh, no, no, I see it differently. Oh, no, no, my data shows this. Oh, your data shows that. My data shows this. And then you go forward from there. Look, in the end, you trust your doctor or you don't. And if you don't trust your doctor, you find another doctor. My father just switches doctors sometimes like he switches favorite candies till he finds somebody he's comfortable with. He doesn't always get the answer he wants, but he likes to find somebody he's comfortable with. And your parents may have done the same. You may do the same. What, I have to only listen to the one doctor? Only one doctor I can listen to? If that's the case, what the hell is the second opinion all about? You shouldn't have a a need for a second opinion. The doctor told you what to do. That's what you do. It was an excellent line of questioning from Representative Mace. Really and truly was. And as for uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, get it understood. She isn't a serious person. She is a person with childlike emotions and childlike policies who wants to utilize that to treat you like a child. She doesn't care if you get abused. She's fine with it as long as she gets what she wants. You know, some people have suggested I should stop talking about her altogether. And I get your point. I really do. But sometimes you got to share these stories so you understand exactly how ugly of a person you're dealing with. And man, this childlike nonsense is getting real, real dangerous. I'm Tony Katz.
behind to be accused of speaking too softly when I'm using just a regular voice. I, I love you. I love it so very much. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. The texts that I've gotten. Tony, what's wrong? You're so quiet. Dudes, I'm, I'm in Houston. I'm actually in the Woodlands. I'm here for a cigar uh, a event. Um, one of the local cigar lounges in Indianapolis blend uh, there on 82nd. And you guys know I, I record Eat, Drink, Smoke, my cigar and bourbon show there. And I, I do a bunch of work with them. They're celebrating uh, their five-year anniversary of their, their store down in, in Texas. And I wanted to be there for it. And I'm doing some interviews and speaking to some people in, in, the, in the trade. And so that's why I, I came down. So in, in doing the show, I... Like, it's been weird. Like, I, I had a spot, and we were set up, and then something came up. We changed spots. And so so um, I'm not as, as, as loud as normal, right, as animated as normal. And for me, people think that is totally not normal. Like, oh, my gosh, something's wrong with Tony. What's going on? Is there something wrong with my radio? And they're banging on the volume trying to figure out what's going on. It's all fine. It's all good. It's all good. And I've got video that'll be coming out and everything else. So you're going to grab that. If, if you head over to uh, eatdrinksmokeshow.com, you'll be able to check that all out. It's it's going to be a good time. Anyway, uh, uh, hope, hope it was still a worthy show. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll catch you tomorrow, everyone. Take care. <laughs>